Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Once again, we are here talking about another 80s cartoon and as we do every week, we take a look at a different episode of a different 80s cartoon series. My name is Randy. I am your host today and I of course am joined by my co-host Phil. Phil, how you doing buddy? Hello, how's everyone doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Oh man, I am definitely excited for our episode today. Um, But before we get to the episode, we got a little bit of housekeeping to do. Of course, uh, Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Find us on geekworldorder.com, facebook.com slash geekworldorder, and Twitter and Instagram at Geek World Order. And um, as we continue to grow our podcast here, we, you can now find us on a lot of the major podcasting platforms. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and Tuned In. So go to all of those podcasting apps, subscribe, listen to the show there, and of course, Give us a rating and a review, that beautiful five-star rating and that text review, because that's how podcasters get noticed on the podcasting platforms. That's how new people find us from people recommending the shows and really spreading the word out. So definitely get on that grassroots movement and please help us. But, oh, uh, yes, please. We'll definitely love you for it. Go ahead, subscribe, give us that five-star rating. Man, this is just the beginning. We're we're doing the big things for sure. Oh man, that was definitely fun. But oh man, we've got another episode to talk about. And today we're taking another trip into the eighties because because Totally Radical <laughs> Podcast is a um sort of mediocrely trained fighting force. Our purpose to defend the internet from boredom. A terrorist organization devoted Ooh, to yeah. destroying the internet. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, we are heading to G.I. Oh, Joe today, my friend. Yes, a crowd favorite. When I when I tell you, dude, like re-watching G.I. Joe, I forgot how epic it really was. Uh, dude, the theme song Holy is like crap. one of the best. Yes, like it. G.I. Joe is just straight action through and through. Man, and you like straight action, covert ops, all of that, dude. And you couldn't sing the theme song by yourself and do it right. Because <laughs> yes. I know there's a term for it. Oh, and I should have looked it up. But there's that like that off kilter, like thing where it goes, "G.I. Joe, a real American hero." Yeah, you and, pretty much have to do a duet to like really get it right. <laughs> You have to have at least one other person. G.I. Joe! American! (laughs) Like, you have to really, like... That was, like, when when you and your friends were all in the same room, like, just yelling off the G.I. Joe theme song. And everyone had their cue. Dude, man, and it just started, like, from literally, you get the... Yo, Joe! Oh, dude, it's... And everyone screamed that out at the end. That was the best part. Oh, like, dude. I'm sorry. Like, me as a kid, I screamed that at the top of my lungs. Like, with yeah. all my little buddies. Like, we, we like as soon as G.I. Joe came on, we were, like, on 100. <laughs> it, was, it was about yeah. to be amazing. 
my parents were actually more okay with me yelling yo joe a lot because um they got really sick of the transformation noise very quickly the, oh the <laughs> roll out like, all right enough what are you really <laughs> rolling in there son Nothing. <laughs> hmm. Oh, man. But yes, we are uh, taking a look at an episode of G.I. Joe, and we are heading to the second season of the series today. Uh, we are looking at a shipwreck-heavy episode. We are taking a look at the episode, oh, Once Upon a Joe. And I don't mean to be biased or anything, but you know, at one point I was in the Navy, so shipwreck, he's... It's kind of... Not really a coincidence that he was one of my favorites when I was a kid, but lo and behold, I ended up joining the Navy. <laughs> yeah, my dad was in the Navy too. Yeah, man. So, oh, and shipwreck oh yeah, that's has, right. You told me that. Yeah, and shipwreck has always been my favorite Joe. He's you know, got a he's got the most personality of most of them, to be honest. He really <laughs> does, and and this episode really shows that, dude. And oh, it does, man. There is some crazy stuff. So, and we finally get to talk about, I mostly decided to pick this episode because in our, in our conversations outside of the show, Phil and I have just somehow, we keep bringing up, um, a certain device that's mentioned that is a catalyst of this episode, (laughs) the MacGuffin device. Oh, the MacGuffin. Oh my God. Dude, this episode was, it was it was just immediately from zero to a hundred real quick. Dude, just the meta of the jokes alone, <laughs> the MacGuffin device. And for those who don't know, a MacGuffin is basically just a plot device. It's just sort of whatever <laughs> its purpose is basically whatever fills the plot and yeah. moves the story along. And, and they well, literally used the, <laughs> the word MacGuffin device. Right. And this is where our episode actually opens is at MacGuffin Laboratories. <laughs> uh, so we see yes. a bunch of uh, trucks just roll on up and just slam through the walls just like it's nothing. Oh, dude. They are just straight up attacking the scientists here. And I was a little con- confused for a second because out of the trucks came uh, Strato Vipers. And those are pilots like air pilots for cobra yeah by the way where is cobra getting their funding like they were ready like they literally shot a giant net over a space shuttle yeah where are they getting their funding where are they getting all these like geez it's called money laundering (laughs) pretty much because um, the twins, God, Zaymon and Tomax, they, were, oh. they have their business, Extensive Enterprises. Oh, we've snagged quite the bird. That's where Cobra, <laughs> I for, I, yeah, that's where Cobra launders all their money, is through them. I forgot that the twins could feel what the other one felt. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. That is such, that is such a flaw, man. Right. And then the Joes had no mercy. Oh, really? Then pass this on. Boop. Yep. So yeah, the Strato Vipers Hate come out. Hit him in the face. And the other twin's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the Strato Vipers come out. They attack the scientists at MacGuffin Laboratories. 
Oh man, I am going to say that word a lot during this episode, aren't I? MacGuffin. Yes, yes, we are, and I'm going to laugh every time. And somehow, because... one of the one of the scientists pulls the old bank thing, and there's like a button underneath the desk that he just clicks. There's always a there's always a panic button. Yep. And that panic button is directly linked to the G.I. Joe headquarters. Dude, and not for nothing, but how prepared were they? Good God. Who the, they were the, coming up they were coming up under freaking Patrick Star Rocks and everything. Just they had the full arsenal ready. <laughs> how dare they whatever they said, but <laughs> How dare they protect my plans? <laughs> um, but yeah, the G.I. Joe team is uh, called into action. And we see Shipwreck and Dial Tone in the break room playing pool. And Ship's like, nah, <laughs> yeah. nah, we're good, we're good, we can wait, we can finish yeah. this. And, and not for just, nothing, that's, that, that's some Navy shit right there. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but we are the most don't give a shit kind of people. Until... It really hits the fan. We're like, okay, yeah, we got to go. Yeah. Oh, dude. And it, we'll learn later in this episode that Shipwreck is a lot smarter than you think he is. He is, dude. Dude. He like, really is. Like, when you his, look his at... progression in this one episode, I agree. <laughs> dude. And honestly, Shipwreck knows some stuff, man. Because if you look at, if when you research deeper into the character and learn about read his file card he's an e7 oh yeah and e7 is a chief yeah it, he wears an e6 so uniform he but he is yeah, an e7 he wears an e6, exactly he was an e6 uniform he's wearing uh oh god what they call what what do we call those uh the dungarees the, little, the dungarees. blue uniforms yeah the dungarees he's yeah. wearing dungarees but he's an e7 but i mean it makes sense because it for the work he does it Wearing a chief's uniform isn't exactly practical. No. Because he's not but exactly then again, having this an office is a job. And not for nothing, like, G.I. Joe, is, it's, it's pretty much a private organization, right? Yeah. So he doesn't have to be traditional, per se. Right. That's kind of how everyone kind of just excuses the weird costumes and uniforms. Because it is yeah, a, it's basically like, look, a hand I want. <laughs> yeah, and they're Because kind of... not for nothing, Shipwreck shouldn't even have a beard unless he has a waiver. <laughs> Trust me, I tried to get that waiver back in the day. Not happening. I mean, it's the straight, 80s, man. Straight razor bum face. Right? <laughs> so I did not get that waiver. And even then, he still got some of the more regulation here, man. I mean, oh, I mean, yeah. half the G.I. Joe force got big old porn stashes. Oh, especially, um... Oh, whoa. oh God. I keep forgetting his name. The sassy one. Um, <laughs> Roadblock? Probably the one that rhymes. Yeah. Yeah, that's Roadblock. <laughs> Roadblock. When they're in the water, dude, I'm like, no, he didn't. Dude, man. Like, literally, <laughs> even at the end of the message, Beach has like, all Joes assemble for combat. That means you, shipwreck. Because, you know, Beachhead's a dick. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> but no, we go back to the it's laboratory and... Uh, Cobra, those Vipers, they're shooting at it. They shoot it with a laser, and yeah. they try to break it. They they got to shoot the thing with a rocket launcher. 
to get that went, glass to shatter. I'm telling you, they went zero to a hundred real freaking quick. Like it just, it was it was a full on war, Dude, almost we, immediately into the episode. Like they were coming from under like right? pretend rocks with with freaking Gatlin blasters and all this other stuff. It was like a Gatlin gun, but it was lasers. And speaking of going and, to and zero like to a hundred in this five, episode, six popped out. We we get a shot of just this random orphanage, and this little girl is um, she's sad because she's yeah. an orphan, and she just wants to be read a bedtime story. Poor little Jenny, <laughs> she just wants a bedtime story. But nope, she can't have a bedtime story because you know she's an orphan. And the kids see GI Joe just, phew, right by their window. Probably the most exciting thing that has ever happened in their lives. And then she's like, holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and so by this time, if Cobra that was, has... If uh... that was allowed back then, pardon my French. <laughs> you know us as kids, like, shit! Oh, oh no one heard me. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at this point, the uh, Vipers, they've gotten the... MacGuffin device, and they pull back the covers of the trucks to reveal <laughs> fire bats. <laughs> which would make sense as to why we have Strato Vipers, because, oh yeah, we need yep. pilots for the getaway vehicles. So we get this great line as G.I. Joe is running into battle. It, Shipwreck straight up says to Beachhead, um, so what? It, what is the MacGuffin device? And Beachhead's like, it's top secret. <laughs> That's exactly how he's and he's like, what is the MacGuffin device? Top secret. Oh, that means you don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> the, the no bullshit comment. Oh, you don't know what it is either. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so yeah, at this point, G.I. Joe and Cobra engage in battle. Uh, Cobra releases a, some battle android troopers. Some epic battle at that. Like, I forgot how intense like the gi joe battles were right they went all in dude dude, especially with the music in them man like the music for the series it's so good the music is just so good in the series yeah that too it really is it's this all plays in together real well like it just kept you like on the edge of your seat because there was just so much action and the music that matched up with it it just they 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 knew what they were doing. Let's just say that. Oh, absolutely, man. There was and a reason that that was one of the top cartoons for over a decade. Like, oh yeah. So <laughs> during this whole thing, shipwreck of all people managed to shoot down shoot <laughs> the fire bat that has the MacGuffin device. Yep. So that one kind of uh, so the MacGuffin device goes off, and well, the fire bat crash lands right into the orphanage. So there's a reason for this whole orphanage yeah. being there. <laughs> Great shooting Man. shipwreck. You just shot down an orphanage. Yep. <laughs> ah, yes. Wonderful shipwreck, line delivered dude. by Wetsuit, who, may I add, just has the finest, finest Jufro. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, that thing is fluffy. 
<laughs> Bro, and they are giving it's like shipwrecks a Super some... Mario floater cloud. But go ahead. <laughs> Dude, they are giving shipwrecks some major crap for this too. It's like, bruh, he just shot down the Cobra. Maybe y'all shouldn't have been fighting by an orphanage. I don't know. Yeah. So don't blame me for that shit. All right. And so after this, we get the one. There was one fire bat that did make it out. And it's the two idiots. There's a tall one and a, a short fat one. And they are greeted by Cobra Commander, who's, Ah, you're back. Where's my MacGuffin device? He lost it. <laughs> They're straight up pointing at each other. Bruh. Cobra dude, Commander dude, is pissed. Cobra Commander cracks me up every time. Dude, he is so over the top, it's amazing. Obey my orders! Destro! Could you not yell at me all the time, please? <laughs> dude, <laughs> so he dude. straights up cracks the two of them. He cracks their heads together. Yeah. Like, I think these two might have, like, serious injuries after this. <laughs> he's, he's straight no bullshit. Like, he's... Like, not for nothing, he sounds like a bitch, but he's ruthless. I mean, there's... I mean, there's a very good reason for him sounding like a bitch. Because, um... <laughs> He is voiced by Chris Latta, who also voices Starscream. <laughs> so he's yes, really good at doing. Voice. Yeah, so he's really good at doing a bitch voice. Mm-hmm. And they work. Mm-hmm. They're very iconic. They work. Oh yes, and so at this point we see the next day. Um. So yeah, the kids have been kind of uh, apparently had nowhere to go. Probably slept outside all night. So G.I. Joe decides to just show up with some building supplies to uh, fix the orphanage. Look at that. G.I. Joe coming through again. <laughs> yes, um, yes, kids, um, this is what you call collateral damage. Yep. Sorry we fucked up your orphanage. Uh, we'll be here for a while. So here's where we get into... Oh, actually, no, sorry. Got a, another scene before we get into just some brilliance here. So Cobra Commander decides to change up his plans, and he calls oh, his dude. mercenary thug Zartan. The and, kiss reject? Yeah. And <laughs> Cobra's trying to get Zartan and his dreadnoughts oh to do God. a job. But uh, the dreadnoughts are a little busy at the moment. They're having a very weighty philosophical debate. Breath mint versus candy mint. Oh. They are just beating the crap out of each other. But oh, the man. best part of this is just when Xandar, who is Zartan's brother, just straight up comes up and just beats a mofo with an alligator. <laughs> He beats like a how, mofo with an alligator. Like, which twin is more evil at this point? <laughs> or, just, or just doesn't care anymore? Oh, dude, I forgot like, how, this scene was even like, in I this just, episode. I wonder, like, how did the one twin really get that scar? Like, who just... Who, who got fed up the fastest? 
I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so um, Zartan decides he's just going to take a little solo mission. No point in sharing the profits or, you know, why bother the boys? Why, uh, why let them, why tear apart their argument? Let them have their debate. <laughs> but yeah, so we go back to the orphanage and we get a nice little montage. People are working on the building. Oh, shipwreck. You evil genius bastard. Dude straight up is like knocking shit over, knocking people off their works. He he somehow beautifully manages to hit beachhead, leatherneck, and wetsuit simultaneously with a two by four. I think Shipwreck had a little something in his drink. It's what <laughs> I think happened. This man is just Navy pure. men are known. For they drank. <laughs> I'm sorry, but ingenuity. They are. But uh, shipwreck doesn't exactly want to do some work right now, so he purposely gets himself kicked off the work detail. It's like, oh no, it's so tragic. Bye. But yeah, uh, he uh, <laughs> he go he uh needs himself a nap at this point. <laughs> he but, needs uh, some milk. But uh, nap time. Ain't gonna last long for shipwreck. Because, oh look, it's Jenny. Our poor little orphan Jenny who just wants a story. Oh. <laughs> so she... In... She straight up calls shipwreck out on his bullcrap too. She's like, yeah, whatever. She... You're, not, you're just taking a nap. Uh, yeah, she she really did though. He's he's like, well, shit. Yeah, Jenny has seen some things. <laughs> that apparently, point. her life is just in shambles, and she's yeah because like, they pretty what, much like five. What she had left. Yeah, and now he's taking a freaking nap. This <laughs> <laughs> is like really shipwreck. Yeah, so she pulls the orphan card, and she's like. All right, all right, I'll tell you a story. Okay, bro. And here's where the episode just goes once again, <laughs> zero to 100, and just shifts into a whole other yes. gear. As Shipwreck just starts telling this story of a poor, of a poor cobbler who lives in a shoe. <laughs> the Duke. Oh, to Adam Sandler, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, God. Yes, the overbearing father figure is definitely a parody of Duke. Yes. Which, I mean, I was never a fan of Duke. I really thought he was just so Boy Scout. I really thought he was just boring as a character. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's a Captain America of G.I. Joe. No, he's not supposed to be that nice, bro. He's like... (laughs) He's he's E9, dude. He's straight up Sergeant Major. Yes. Nothing about that is supposed to be nice. Not ever, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, and so, I can do what I want and yes. F and, the rest of you. And the Duke has three sons. He has a very <laughs> ugly son named Leatherhead. An even uglier, dumber son named Frogface. (laughs) Frogface! 
And for some reason, he has a very another son who's very handsome, very intelligent, and a sailor named Shipshape. Well, freaking frog face, dude. <laughs> Which oh my isn't god, isn't that isn't that like what military people use as like a derogatory term for seals? Yeah, because wetsuit is the is this is a seal on the GI Joe team. Yeah, exactly. And I believe that, or something very similar to that, is basically military jab at at seals. That's exactly what it is. It's it's more of a um, if I remember right, it's more of a marine jab uh-huh. at seals. Right, because which marines which... pretty much hold a squids and. Uh-huh. That's as close as you're going to get. Which, basically, Leatherneck and Wetsuit, that's their whole dynamic in the show. They're the odd couple. They're a Marine and a SEAL. And they are literally (laughs) the odd couple. Exactly. Exactly. That is the dynamic. You're right. So, and in very true fairy tale story fashion, well, they run out of food. They have no food. So the Duke's got to send his sons out to get some food and so he sends the first son leatherhead out with some cash and he's stopped by the big bad cobra who steals the money of course the second son oh takes money. the f- cobra la, 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 bye who, yeah <laughs> he takes the family cow out to <laughs> trade it for money or food oh, no. or it's like wait they have a cow why don't they just eat the cow yeah they have a whole cow right but yes yeah, like... some milk some cheese but yes yeah, some... maybe slice off a little beef i don't know right and it had udders it was a dairy cow yeah but it also had a sign on it that said cow it literally had a sign tape to it that said cow hi i'm cow but yeah, so um, Frogface gets beat up by um, some kind of evil fairy princess that basically looks like Zorana. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that. And yeah. So the third son, Shipshape, he's sent on a special mission from the Duke to infiltrate a giant's hamburger mine. Well, look at there. (laughs) (laughs) And so all throughout the story, there's another kid that's just interrupting Shipwreck. Just trying to make logic of any sense of the story. It's like, Bobby, you're a dick. (laughs) He really was being a dick during story time. Yeah. Um, So yes, in the story here... um, Shipshape is captured by the giant and put into a cage. But he's quickly saved by three magic fairy princesses. <laughs> who are literally just <laughs> Scarlet Lady Jane cover girl. Oh my god, I'm snorting. <laughs> oh no, this story just keeps getting better and just more oh. balls to the wall, man. And what somehow just ensues after Shipshape is released from the cage because for some reason the giant sounds like Elmer Fudd. 
<laughs> he's like <laughs> and even has like the weird vocal tick like that weird talking pattern that, that way like this almost and yes and um <laughs> and shape shape becomes popeye all of a sudden because he runs into a cupboard oh, and there's a can of spinach so what does he do? He eats the spinach so he can beat up the giant. <laughs> and at this point, story time gets interrupted because, you know, for some reason, the other Joes are just dicks in this episode to shipwreck. They're like, you, I mean, stop, stop, stop entertaining most... these orphans. <laughs> Most of the military shits on the Navy. I'm sorry. They do. Dude, And they... I was in the Navy, and they do that. But at the same time, we transport you fuckers, so leave us alone. <laughs> so, so they hand shipwreck a metal detector, and they send him out to go look for <laughs> missile carcasses. Oh, man. But, of course, we have to move the plot along and... Guess what shipwreck finds? <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. All right. Say it with me, kids. The MacGuffin <laughs> device. <laughs> because well, obviously uh, we have to move the plot little, along. Look what I just found. <laughs> but of course. Laugh, uh, by the way, it's fucking funny. Oh, and of course, shipwreck's discovery of the uh, device is very short-lived because Sartan appears and knocks him the fuck out. Yep. And of course, um, as our hero is knocked out here, of course, we get that we head off to a commercial break. And um, we're going to take a quick break here ourselves, folks. And uh, we'll be back after these short messages. Be back soon. You're looking at Cobra's new supersonic jet, the Raven. Cobra Raven! Cobra Raven! There's no haven from the Cobra Raven! Two jet engines, a drop-down cockpit, a hidden bomb port. Now you know it's got twin rear guns and a one-man drone. And it's on the lookout for G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe! The adventure of G.I. Joe. Cobra Raven comes with what you see here. Other figures sold separately. Go, Joe! And we are back, folks. And as we left for the commercial break, Shipwreck had just been knocked out by Zartan. Um, and of course, we dis and at this point, the lovely parrot Polly finds Shipwreck, and well, obviously he knows something's not up here. By the way, why is this parrot so sentient? <laughs> right? Like he's he's not repeating things. He is his own mind. And knows what the fuck is up. Right. Why is this parrot sentient? Because it's an 80s cartoon. We have to have a wisecracking animal sidekick somewhere, <laughs> like, right? Shipwreck has literal conversations with his parrot. And the parrot's him, a dick to him, too. It's like, he's like, he basically tells him, he's like, you better shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like... Leads me to believe, like, people have, like, conspiracy theories about this parrot. 
It's not really apparent. It's just like his figure of his imagination. <laughs> I mean, and he's like talking to it, and it's like it has its own independent thought. I mean, this is a cartoon, man. Exactly. Sure there was a lot of drugs involved in writing these shows. I'm sh- I'm totally sure of that. <laughs> but yeah, so Polly want a cracker. Polly sitting on a cracker. Fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, Zartan is heading for his Swamp Fire, a great vehicle, and and standing by the Swamp Fire are Beachhead and Leatherneck, and you're just what like the Swamp Fire sound like an STD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that in there, but please continue. <laughs> I mean, the Dreadnought's base of Ooh. operations is a swamp. Is this true? Who? So yeah, they're basically just like, uh, why is there a swamp fire here? Did did somebody leave it here last night? Um, be, um, guys, uh, did you uh, see uh, any dreadnoughts last night? Um, no. Uh, did you? No. So no. Zartan is a little um. <laughs> oh crap! So he goes back to where he hid shipwreck, tied up, and steals his clothes because he's just gonna disguise uh. himself. Because that is Zartan's thing. He is a master of disguise. This is true. So That's why he's able to sneak into the, to the G.I. Joe base so much. Ben, so He's done that a couple times. So, Shipwreck is found by Jenny. So, it's back to story time. Man, the story just gets really off deck from here. Because Zartan basically just turns into propaganda. You know, the yeah. mighty win, all that stuff. But, you know, Jenny Gin- ain't having none of it. She realizes this is not shipwreck. And she goes, she tries to go to tell Beachhead and Leatherneck and all the others. Listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She knows what's up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. His stories are fucked, and this guy's actually making sense. (laughs) Right. So, of all the people she can find, she finds Polly. Oh, shit. (laughs) So, yeah, they find... No shit, Sherlock! So, they find Shipwreck, they untie him, and he goes back to where the base is. And he just pops up, sees Artan's like, I think you got my hat, pal. Well, okay. <laughs> He's got a little more than your hat, Shipwreck. I mean, you... Dude is Shipwreck literally is just standing ass. there. I'm sorry, but Shipwreck is exactly me <laughs> when I was in the Navy. I'm sorry. He's just ass. straight up standing there in his boxers. This is wisecrack. He's like, I think you got my hat. So at this uh, point, of course, we get a battle because out of nowhere, Cobra! Cobra, la, 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 la! No, 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 no. We're not even close to that yet. I know. <laughs> not just, even I close love... to <laughs> So eventually, Shipwreck boards the Night Raven that uh, Zartan is getting in. My... Somehow managed to get both the the MacGuffin device and his clothing back. 
And then, and then it happens, Phil. Guess what Shipwreck does now? <laughs> he turns it on. Yes, he turns on the MacGuffin device. The MacGuffin device. <laughs> the go, MacGuffin. go, MacGuffin. <laughs> go, go, Gadget Plot Hole. Go, go, Gadget MacGuffin. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, God. Wait till we get to Inspector Gadget. Jesus. Ooh, buddy. And from here... Literally everyone, Cobra, G.I. Joe, they are all just collectively saying, what the fuck right now? <laughs> because the <laughs> device just... Because once again, it when a device goes off in an 80s cartoon, someone's just got to get shocked. It's catastrophic. And Shipwreck At is just least, glowing with green energy. Exactly. And the characters from the story... Just start coming out of the MacGuffin device. <laughs> so they are just attacking Cobra, doing but weird things. For nothing, that's pretty much what it could be for. Uh, but it it's indefinite. It's a MacGuffin. <laughs> it, Dr. Mindbender gets a pie thrown in his face. <laughs> Like, he might have chewed on some shrooms. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what happened back then. Like this is a guy who literally just dresses in black pants and a cape <laughs> and a monocle. Oh, and man. he just had a like a cart, a literal cartoon character just oh, pie him oh, in the face. And this is apparently one of the weirdest things he's ever seen in his life. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> the yes. only way I can cope is to chew on these shrooms. <laughs> so yes, uh, Cobra is freaked the F out, so they run away and the day is saved. Retreat! And at this point, uh, we go to a probably a few hours later, Shipwreck finishes his stories, and Lifeline gives us this wonderful, nice, heartwarming moment saying... You know, just isn't it just nice to see people doing nice things? And yeah, at some <laughs> point, Beachhead is a dick to him. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Because <laughs> like, that's oh a very let him it, have a moment. Please. That's a very common theme of the second season. Beachhead is a dick. Yeah, he is. But yeah, after Beachhead is a dick, we well, fade have... to black and the episode is over. Oh, man. Bro, this episode was just... It was so like, random. I tell you, most... Yeah, exactly. Most G.I. Joe episodes go 0 to 100 and stay at 100. It, it really does, and man. That, just... And that's why they're so entertaining, because they just... They, they just go for broke. And it just... It keeps you just, like, at the edge of your seat. It really does, man. <laughs> this episode in particular is just, okay, cool, we're going to start somewhat seriously, and then we just go, <laughs> no. how many drugs can we take on a, while writing a single episode it, of this it show? exploded, seriously. Oh, and then the whole, um, the whole orphanage thing is just like, wow. You're like, why is there an orphanage? Oh, it's going to get blown up, isn't it? 
Yep. Okay. Well, they're not dead, so. <laughs> but they're orphans, and apparently they are not having a lot of fun. Yeah, they're they're sad enough. Don't kill them. <laughs> Come on. Oh man. Oh man. Dude, it's just insane. When you go back and look at these episodes as an adult, you're just like, exactly, dude. What? It's just it's insane to like comprehend things now before you did back then. Back then it was just exciting. I was like, oh yeah, they saved the day again. Oh, fantastic! And you go back now, it's like, oh fuck, <laughs> right? Dude, man, just I had I definitely had fun watching this episode. This was just balls to the wall, insane. And that's what most of the episodes are like. It's just like they go full on action and. It just keeps you at the edge of your seat the whole time. And that's what I love the most about G.I. Joe. Like, G.I. Joe was one of my top favorites of all times. Dude, it's just Like, I have so many... I have so many... I have a box full of G.I. Joes in my garage still. Nice. And, dude, that's one of my favorites of all times. It's G.I. Joe, He-Man, Thundercats... Um, Transformers, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. And we're, <laughs> we're going to do all that, but good God, man. It, Ninja Turtles too. Even with all their horribly named like villains like Pizza Face and Rat King and all that <laughs> stuff, it was great. Would you like some ratatouille? Like all that crap. Like it, It's just, it, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah, it just man. brings back so much. Oh, I mean, G.I. Joe, man, I think had one of the better assortment of villains. That, it like, did. It really did. There weren't Destro, a lot. Had... Like Destro was Destro was more ruthless than freaking Cobra Commander. Right. And like, he even... just did not care. And he would just laugh about it. Dude, you couldn't do that on <laughs> most of that stuff on series today. No, you can't. The eighties were just because... like the the golden era. I I miss the eighties so yeah, much. Yeah, like dude, the eighties was like the eighties was iconic. And it that's was, why we're man. doing this right now because dude, people think... need to know. This generation ain't shit. People <laughs> need to know and they need to be reminded. Oh dude, I think the eighties was the golden 80s era. Eighties cartoons needs to be in the history books. Like in actual right. history. With like Columbus and all that shit. And <laughs> like that's the thing though, like all the stuff that gets rebooted, it's all eighties stuff. It's the eighties franchises that are getting these exactly. remakes. Thank you. And the remakes and the remakes from the greats. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't remake shit and make it better without without the, the prototype. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. But yeah, this has been an incredible ride so far, and um, and I think that's gonna do it for this episode, man. I had uh, fun this week. Oh, me too, dude. It's it's only gonna get better, to be honest. Like this is this is so much fun, and I just cannot wait to keep going. Like this is great. 
Oh, dude, absolutely, man. Um, once again, um, go to geekrollorder.com. Keep up with the episodes and all the other great geeky goodness of the website there. Of course, go to facebook.com slash geekrolledorder, Twitter, fit Instagram, at geekrolledorder, and of course, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, once again, go to your favorite podcast uh, feed aggregator, um, give us a like, give us a thumbs up, give us the five stars, give us the text review. Please help us grow the show and just oh, get yeah. the word out. Oh, oh it's just—it's gonna keep getting better. Keep coming, keep coming, keep listening, and dude, trust me. If you're enjoying this now, it's only gonna get better. It trust is. me. It's—it's it's, this is epic. And of course, stay tuned for next week when we bring you another look at a great '80s cartoon. And this has been another episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>